I'd invite you this morning, please, to turn to Acts chapter 16 and verses 16 to 40. That's going to be our reading for today. And the topic that I'd like to speak on, and as I read the scripture, I'd like you just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through his word. But I'd like to speak about your midnight hour that you experienced over this past week. Um, For many of us, we would experience midnight hours, hours that are challenging situations that we can't control, experiences that we did not prepare for or invite into our lives. And that would constitute a midnight hour is when things happen that we are unable to control. When there is darkness over our lives, it's almost like a cloud that hangs over us. When I look at bar here in Switzerland this morning where our uh, church facility is located, it's very gloomy out there. But I'm not just even just speaking about the gloominess over us. I'm speaking about being in a place where things are dark, where the lights had gone out and we don't know whether to turn to the left or to the right. Um, we don't know how to walk forward um, because our natural senses has been numbed by the experiences that we've gone through. And you'll see that as we read the scripture here, it speaks about Paul and Silas being in the Philippian jail after they had had enormous experiences. Just before that, um, they've gone to um, Philippi and there Paul and Silas went out and they preached the wonderful gospel. They were on a missionary journey or as scripture states that they were on an apostolic journey and they were going to different regions and they were explaining and preaching and proclaiming the gospel to people. And we see that as they came to Berea, they um, went even further and preached the gospel in chapter 17. But when you look at chapter 16, you'll find out that as Paul and Silas travels into those areas, um, Paul had a vision of the man of Macedonia, and so this vision was um, giving them uh, a light in their journey, a pathway in their journey to move towards where God wanted them. And um, they even went as far as um, going to, from Troas, they went and they went to Neapolis and um, there they also met a couple of women as they were entering into that city and, and these women had something of a knowledge of God particularly one lady called Lydia, and there they started to preach the gospel and explain the gospel to Lydia. And Lydia was a very interesting woman. She was a businesswoman in fine linen, and um, she had set up her business, and she was a worshiper of God. And so she got amongst the Jews, and she wanted to worship God, but she didn't know really who God was. And here God sent Paul and Silas to her, and they explained the gospel. She got saved. As a matter of fact, her whole family got saved 
after that. So she came to the Lord first. She brought her family together and there the gospel liberated them and gave them an open road, free access to God to worship him in spirit and in truth where they didn't have to be a part of an um, organized synagogue system but where they could actually come to God personally and together and just to worship him. And the Bible says that straight after she got saved and her family got saved, they were baptized in water. And that's what we're doing next Sunday. And that's always the next step when we give our lives to Jesus. And you find it all the time in the book of Acts. They got baptized. And so that's a little bit of the context of which we're going to be reading here in chapter 16, reading from verse 16. So if you would follow along with us, we would appreciate that. Verse 16 says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrate and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household, the same as in Lydia's case. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household, yes, you're right, were baptized. 
The jailer brought them out into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order. Release those men, the jailer told Paul. The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave, go in peace. Verse 37 says, But Paul said to the officers, They beat us publicly without trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and threw us into prison. And now, do they want to get rid of us, rid of us quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silence were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. It's amazing how God uses people in our midnight hour. It is amazing how God strategically places people in our way that will encourage us when something is about to happen. You will find out that we read about Lydia earlier in the story, and then again at the end of chapter 16, we see that Paul and Silas went again to Lydia's house, and they were taken care of. God has many people around to walk with us through our midnight hour. God never wants us to go through our midnight hours by ourselves. And this passage of Scripture testifies to this fact, even though we are in a corona lockdown worldwide, some coming out of it, some going into it, some people filled with fear, other people not, and we have such a mixed situation within the church, but also outside of the church. It has truly been a midnight hour I Watched for about 20, 25 minutes the awards for the best country artist the other night. And it brings back some memories of when I lived in America. And the opening and the closing comments were all about the coronavirus, the difficulty that people gone through, the loved ones they had lost, and the uncertainty of the future. And although that is happening, there are still midnight hours that are personal within our lives where we are challenged in many, many ways and they all unique to our own lives and yet these midnight hours are real within the context of the big midnight hour as many would define it within the world. But my friends, God has many people around to help us through. One thing that you and I need to realize when we go through our midnight hours is that God obviously is invisible. We do not see him, but we know that he's there. The church is the visible presence of God upon the earth. And sometimes during our midnight hour, we feel that God is so distant and he places his church in strategic places 
to help us through our difficult times. And we see that God is doing it again here. Paul and Silas faithfully following God. And these midnight hours await them as well. Oftentimes we have the attitude that if we're following God, that there won't be any midnight hours that will await us. Oftentimes we feel that if we follow God faithfully like Paul and Silas, that only good will come to us. Just like Paul and Silas, we feel that if we are in the very center of God's will, then our circumstances are going to be perfect. Right? No wrong. We see here with Paul and Silas a great picture of our own lives. Even though we would follow God and we're in his perfect will, and I use the word perfect advisedly. I think there's only one will and that's God's will. We need to walk in it. But sometimes we feel that we're fulfilling it perfectly. And yet, we encounter difficulty. We encounter pain. We encounter chaos within our lives and uncertainty. But the wonderful thing is, when we look at this passage of Scripture, we see that God was in the very midst of Paul and Silas's midnight hour. The Bible says here in verse 22 that they were beaten and they were put in prison because what had happened was that as they were preaching the gospel, the devil tried to confuse the issue by sending a woman with a demonic spirit she was a fortune teller and she was used by others to make a lot of money. And so when Paul preached the gospel, she came as another voice seemingly to back up what they were preaching. But my friends, the devil can tell the truth, but the moment when he tells the truth, there's always a deceptive lie to follow. And that is what Paul recognized. And as this lady was telling um, spiritual fortunes, even though it was good, there's always a current of bad when it's not God. And Paul, with the authority that Jesus had given to her, he rebukes the spirit within her and the spirit leaves immediately. And as a result, trouble arises for Paul and Silas for doing the exact thing that God had called them to do. And they are put into prison as the scripture explains to us here, and then midnight hour starts. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, the magistrates, and we see that they are put into prison. They are severely flogged. They're thrown into prison. The jailer is commanded to guard them carefully, and their feet are fastened in the stocks so they can't move. And the Bible says they were severely beaten. Do you feel severely beaten over circumstances this past week? Has it been a tough week for you? Possibly so. Could it be a tough week for those of us who have not been severely beaten this past week? Possibly so. 
How should we act within our midnight hour? And um, it's very interesting when we look at the reaction of Paul and Silas. We see in Acts chapter 16 verse 25 that they turned their pain into focusing on God through prayer, praise, and through the proclamation of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they were praying, they were praising, but they were also witnessing during the severely difficult time within their lives. Bodies filled with pain. Didn't know whether they would be released. At that time, people were being executed for their faith. They didn't know whether they would ever see daylight again during this midnight hour of confusion for them. And maybe for some of you, you're not sure whether you're going to see daylight again. Your circumstances are so severe that you can't see the stars in the sky. That's there, it hasn't moved, it's just dark. And for many of us, we face these experiences. But what Paul and Silas would remind us out of this passage of scripture, that daylight will always appear, even when you're going through your midnight hour. But what intrigues me is how they handled the situation. Oftentimes, we hear people say, well, you just need to be real during your situation. Have you, have you noticed when people are saying that? Just be real. That means just complain. That means just throw all of your toys out of the cot. Just be human. Well, over the last few weeks, as we, as we talked about love, we have found out that Scripture has a higher criteria for believers in God. We cannot just act like people who do not know God. Now, I know it's a popular phrase, just be human, throw your toys out, and you're going to feel a whole lot better. You know, you're human, so God doesn't mind you doing that. Well, when I read Scripture, the Bible does tell us that even though we are severely tested and we have many trials within our lives, that we need to turn our focus onto God. And I've learned within my life, whilst I'm going through a difficult time, my midnight hour, that it is possible to turn my focus on God in a way where I am human, because I am human. But there is the supernatural ability and power and spirit of God for me not to look at other ways to come through it, but for me to look at God to come through this trial within my life. And I challenge you to read Scripture. Scripture is real. These guys were going through severely testing times. Like I say, Saul and Silas and the apostles had seen some of their own family martyred. And yet we see in the book of Acts when they came against an obstacle time and time again, they turned their eyes and their focus on God. How did Paul and Silas do it? 
And I love this. This is so encouraging for me. The Bible said that they prayed, they praised, and they were sharing the good news about Jesus to theirs. What was the good news? The good news was that Jesus had come to earth, that he died for our sins. The good news is that he was buried, but a strong theme in the book of Acts is that Jesus rose from the dead and that he is alive again. They preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ so powerfully. Why? Because they too would be able to walk in the resurrection life of Jesus. And that's why they emphasized the resurrection, because there is new life that came out of the midnight hour of Jesus. And my friends, if Jesus didn't go through a midnight hour, I don't know what you would call it. He went through the darkest midnight hour. He took all of our sins upon himself and crushed him to the point of death, that he was in the grave for three days. My friends, sometimes you and I feel like we're in the grave for three days. I was saying to Ken, and I asked him to pray for me this morning. Just over the last little while, my body's been sick. And yesterday, normally I come here to pray in the afternoons, but I, I just had to go to bed and I spent four hours just in bed and then got up because my body was so sore, my head was so sore. It was a mini midnight hour for me. So all of us go through it. You know, and I got up and then I... Jen and I had dinner and we relaxed a little bit and a little bit later I just looked at some things within the word of God, um, again getting my mind sorted out for today and I'm sure that many of you experienced similar challenges, you see, but, but Jesus took all of those things upon himself that day when he died, he, he took my midnight hour upon himself 2,000 years ago. And he rose out of that midnight hour so that I could rise out of it through the life of Jesus Christ. And your midnight hour, he took upon himself 2,000 years ago because he saw that it was going to come. But you see, you don't have to stay in the grave for three days. Jesus took it upon himself and his resurrected life gives you the power to come through your midnight hour so that you could see daylight again. And that's the beautiful thing about the gospel, that it assures us that every midnight hour that comes to us, that there is the resurrection power of God to bring us through that midnight hour within our lives. And that's why I say, don't use the excuse, well, let me just throw my toys out. Let me just be human. Let me just complain. Let me just go, no. What did Paul and Silas do? Paul and Silas prayed. And the most encouraging thing here, as I said in the beginning, God will always, and I say always, most often, put you with people that you can pray with and that can walk with you through your midnight hour. That's the beauty of the church because it's symbolic of the presence of God 
And that's why we need to love each other as we spoke over the last two weeks. And loving one another means that we're physically available for one another over the COVID period. Lunch with the, yeah, I'll leave that story out. But it is, it is just amazing how God puts us with people. Now, the Bible says that if you seek, call for the elders of the church to pray for you. Let them anoint you with oil and you will be healed. Again, it's the concept of others with us. Never should we go through our midnight hour by ourselves. And Paul and Silas was together. No wonder they traveled together. No wonder whenever Paul traveled, he had someone with him. Peter and them, you know, they traveled together most often. Why? Because it resembles the presence of God with people. Be the type of friend, be the type of spouse that turns the attention of the one going through in the midnight hour to Jesus. How did Paul and Silas do it? Well, the Bible says they prayed together. Now, I guarantee you they didn't pray in their corner together. But these guys were praying together. <laughs> I love this, don't you? Because they were full of the Spirit of God within their pain and their dark circumstances. They prayed because the Bible invites us in the book of Hebrews to step into the throne room of God. And there they prayed together. When we pray together, we're tapping into the resources of God. In our time of need, that's where we find grace and mercy. And that word in the Hebrew passage says that we must enter boldly into the throne room of God so that we may find grace and mercy in our time of need. Our time of need is the midnight hour that Paul and them had gone through. My friends, prayer is the channel through which the life of God flows through to us and helps us in an extraordinary way to walk through our midnight hour. But they also praised through their midnight hour by singing songs and hymns, the scripture says. So they had these songs within their heart. They didn't have to get the projector screen out and say, let's look at those words now before we can sing. They had them within their hearts. And oftentimes when I walk, just to pray, and it's so beautiful in Switzerland to do it. Sorry for all of you who are watching us who don't live in Switzerland. You know, it really is God's country. And as I walk and I just pray around here, and I just love to do it, every now and then I remember certain songs that we sing, and I just walk and I sing. And sometimes by accident, you know, there are people who are jogging behind me, and as they go past me, they look around and they, this, this guy's kind of crazy. You know, because I'm singing and, and I'm praising and I'm enjoying the things. And of course, as they come by, I, I quiet myself very quickly because I'm embarrassed about my voice. But thank God that he isn't. But, you know, there isn't that praise within our lives. And they were praising. What does praise do? My friends, it opens up the channel. Prayer opens up the channel for God to meet our need. Praise opens the channel for the joy of the Holy Spirit to fill our lives. And time and time again, the Bible says that it is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. That's what praise does. We don't praise enough. 
We don't praise enough together. Again, remember, there is that concept of the body of Christ, the church, the people of God. We praise together. And the joy of the Lord enters our hearts and lives, and we are made strong. But not only did they do that, but what they did was that they proclaimed the gospel. So we go through our midnight hour through prayer. We go through our midnight hour with praise. And we go through our midnight hour by proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And going back to praise, all throughout the Bible, from Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament, to the last chapters within the book of Revelation, Praise is the predominant activity of the church. Praise and worship. The Spirit of God becomes so much bigger within our lives through this experience. But the proclamation of the good news meant that Paul and Silas was on mission. Your midnight hour is defeated when we understand that we are on mission. The biggest problems for people who have never left their countries and they are Christians is that they've settled into an attitude of just staying and their Christianity has become rather normal and it's not everyone but some because they don't feel that they're on mission. The most beautiful thing about moving to a different country, you move because God has placed you on mission. It should be in our own countries. If we stay there, it should be when we travel to other countries. When we're on mission, my friends, we'll proclaim the good news of the gospel. And Paul and Silas knew that it was but a short period of midnight. The morning was coming. Just like with Jesus, he was in the grave for three days. That was his midnight experience. Having taken all of our sins, all of our sickness, all of our filth upon himself. And that third day, he broke through the midnight hour. That morning, Mary Magdalene and the ladies went to look for him and his body was no longer there. He had risen. My friends, your experience of rising again it's just around the corner. Keep on praying. Keep on praising. And keep on being on mission. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And you will rise above these things. James chapter one, verses two to four, and I close with this scripture. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. This word perseverance is a beautiful word. In the Greek, it has a compelling picture behind it. It's the picture of soldiers who, when the enemy was approaching, 
who tie their leg to a fellow soldier. By doing so, if fear were to overtake them, they wouldn't find themselves running away and leaving their friend to fight the battle alone. They literally bound themselves together so that they could fight the battle together. Your midnight hour is our midnight hour. Your midnight hour is God's midnight hour. Your midnight hour is the one that Jesus overcame 2,000 years ago so that you can overcome yours. Would you stand and let's pray together. Father, we put our faith this morning in your word. Thank you that the gospel teaches us that you overcame your midnight hour, which became our midnight hour so that our present midnight hours can see daylight again. Lord, I pray we pray for all who would be watching this morning and later today and even tomorrow that they would put their trust and their confidence in the fact, Jesus, that you overcame every midnight hour that we walk through and that also awaits us into the future. But thank you for every midnight hour for us who believe in you, Jesus. There is always a morning filled with daylight. You ensure that to us. And we rejoice within the presence of your Holy Spirit as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.